Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. ACB Families, a warm, welcoming affiliate that's as close as your telephone. ACB Families meets on the first and third Sunday of each month by Zoom, and we're always talking about topics that touch families that are large or small, families with kids or grandparents, families just like yours and mine. Be part of our ACB family. Call 502-897-1472 or email allacbfamilies at gmail.com. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. According to the Edmund Life and Leisure newspaper, Oklahoma resident Hannah Dangle was recognized as the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services Blind and Visually Impaired Client of the Year. So how did Hannah Dangle earn this big award? Hannah, her mom, Lisa Smith, Commission for Rehabilitation Services member Teresa Flannery and Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services Communications Director Jody Harlan join us to answer that question. Hi, everyone. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the show. Tell us about yourselves. Well, my name is Hannah Dangle. Uh, I am Department of Rehabilitation Services, Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired Client of the Year, and I'm excited to be here. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith. I am Hannah's mother, uh, so I'm also excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And I'm with the Department of Rehabilitative Services Commission, and it's an honor to serve in this role. And Brian, I'm Jody Harlan, the Communications Director, and we appreciate the opportunity to be here and tell this great story. I appreciate having you all here, too. So, Hannah, how did you get recognized as the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services Blind and Visually Impaired Client of the Year? Well, looking back on that day, Jody Harlan actually gave me a phone call one evening. I was sitting down at my house and I remember that phone call very vividly. I, uh, in fact, didn't even know that the award existed. You didn't even know that the award existed? I did not. Wow. So you were just learning about this award for the first time and Jody gave you that call saying that you got it, correct? Yes. In fact, yep, that's correct. And so what was your initial reaction when you got the award? I was definitely excited. Um, Obviously, I didn't win President of the United States, but I definitely won Client of the Year, and um, it just kind of made me realize that all that hard work does pay off in some way or another. 
what hard work did you have to 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 do in order to get the award? Well, I would say it starts from getting up every morning, right? We all have a choice. Um, we have the choice to get up. And, uh, of course, the rehabilitation, all of the services that are provided, showing up for appointments, uh, just really pushing through those challenges and barriers through blindness is kind of what led me to that award, I believe. Fabulous. But, Lisa, now I'm talking to your mom. Why did you accept the award on your daughter's behalf? Well, when Hannah found out that she won the award and they told her when the ceremony was going to be, she unfortunately was already scheduled to be in Michigan at Leader Dogs uh, training with a guide dog that she was scheduled to bring home. Um, so she tried as much as she could to reschedule her guide dog appointment, but was not successful in doing that. So she was not available to be in town to accept the award. So I was very, very honored to be there amongst all of the other award recipients to accept the award on her behalf. So Hannah, you were at Leader Dog for the Blind in Rochester Hills, Michigan. Talk about how you got your new guide dog from them. Yes, I actually, uh, I'll kind of tell you about my experience, but also the news that some people may not know about. I went up there this past March to receive my guide dog. Uh, the coolest thing about my guide dog was he was actually prison raised. So a prisoner had the opportunity to raise my dog until he was a year old. And then at a year old, he went back to leader dog and uh, got all trained up for me. And I received him. His name is Astro. And two weeks into being in Rochester Hills, Michigan, uh, my dog, as Jody Harlan says, flunked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my dog, unfortunately, had an issue with children. Um, and so I had to make one of the biggest and hardest decisions of just leaving Rochester Hills, Michigan without a dog. I had to get back on that plane empty handed and go back to the cane and back on the waiting list for another dog. Uh, are you still on that waiting list? I am indeed on that waiting list, waiting patiently. It'll take some patience, but I'm sure you'll get a new one. Uh, yes. So the award ceremony was a part of the Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services, 29th People with uh, Disability Awareness Day. This is the 29th time they're doing this day. So what is People with Disabilities Awareness Day? Well, it's an opportunity originally for our agency and allies in the disability community to go to the state capitol. The event got so large that we outgrew the available space at the Capitol during the legislative session. So we're nearby at the Oklahoma History Center. And really, we hold the event in uh, two venues. We're in the Capitol in the morning, visiting legislators. And then uh, beginning about noon, uh, we have, a, I think, 74 tables in a big resource fair. It's free. And then we have an awards ceremony in the afternoon at Oklahoma History Center. So the venues are pretty close. And it's the largest uh, event, consecutive event in the state. So it's a big, big, big event. Teresa, what were some of the additional events or smaller events 
that took place during this special day. Thank you, Brian. The People with uh, Disabilities Awareness Day, like Jody said, has been going on consecutively for a number of years. It gives opportunities for advocates and people with disabilities to connect with their legislators and to advocate not only for themselves individually, but overall, specifically for the opportunities to engage in employment and access to services and just access to community and public in the same way that anyone else who's a citizen of Oklahoma is able to do as well. There's a big resource fair, as Jody had pointed out, and that has also been very consistent. It is amazing how many people who maybe have a newly acquired disability doesn't really understand what type of resources and information that's available to them to help them navigate if it's newly acquired, or if you have parents who have children that are coming out of school and are about to launch, and maybe they have a disability as well, to be able to um, really just, again, learn a lot about the different service delivery, but also to hear from such great recipients of the annual awards like Hannah, and to see that uh, it's possible to overcome with those of us maybe who don't deal with blindness on a day-to-day basis, um, don't really understand the level of commitment that it takes to not only um, get up every day, as Hannah's already said, but to overcome all the other challenges and obstacles in order to really just do the same thing everybody else does, right? And wanting the same things and having access to the same things, which is so important. So this award ceremony acknowledges that. And these nominations are put in by service providers in the air, in the state, as well as by DRS counselors about those who really exemplify that uh, can do spirit and ability to overcome and to provide that role model for those who are who are trying to figure out why they get up every day. More than 600 Oklahoma supporters, service providers, and people with disabilities showed up. They participated in legislative visits at the Oklahoma State Capitol. And there was also a resource fair at the Oklahoma City, uh, History Center. Jody, Oklahoma's lieutenant governor even congratulated all the winners at the award ceremony. What was that like? Well, it was very exciting. Lieutenant Governor is Matt Pinnell. His mother was a state employee in another department that serves people with disabilities. So he has a connection to the disability community as well as to the leadership in the state. And for him to take the time to come over to the History Center, leave the Capitol for a little while, showed his support. And he understands what we do and what the successes mean for the clients better than many other people. So it meant a lot that he took the time and that he was connected to the community. And he stayed for the entire event and seemed to have a really great time. So, Teresa, you were one of the MCs for the awards. How was it emceeing the awards? So it's a very humbling experience, I have to say, when you're in the presence of those, either a person with a disability who's overcome their challenges, 
or service providers or organizational um, support staff who are being acknowledged and recognized for their accomplishments uh, really just brings a lot of things into perspective, I guess, on a day-to-day basis. And to to stop for a minute in my day-to-day um, grind, if you will, uh, and and to be able to be a part of that. It's just such an honor. And then for our legislators and our lieutenant governor in the middle of session uh, to stop and take time out of their day as well to come and acknowledge such great accomplishments is is just a very, like I said, a very humbling experience. Sounds like this was a very humbling experience indeed. Now, Hannah, we got to get back to our award-winning Hannah here. Uh, you're an Oklahoma Department of Rehabilitation Services client, an assistive technology trainer, and you're also an East Central University student in the town of Ada, Oklahoma. Ada, did I pronounce that right? Yes. Ada, okay. A-D-A. How do you juggle these three roles? Well, first and foremost, uh, my hope in Jesus Christ. But then secondly, uh, definitely the support and family I have. I've noticed, uh, especially as I've start, started to work with active clients within the agency, I've noticed the common denominator of family and support. It determines one's success. And I believe a lot of our clients do not have the family and support that I have. And I say that very humbly. I'm very blessed. And um, I believe that our agency, the instructional staff, uh, the counselors, they are some people's family and support. And it's very important that our services exist for those clients. And um, so I just I'm very blessed with family and support. And I believe that's the only reason how one could juggle those three roles. Let's talk about your vision loss. Your treatment for Burkitt's lymphoma led you to lose your vision. What's Burkitt? What's Burkitt's lymphoma? Uh, yes, Burkitt lymphoma is a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, specifically a B-cell lymphoma. It's one of the deadliest cancers and most aggressive cancers. Uh, specifically, I had stage four, so I often have some providers looking at my PET scans and wondering how I'm still here. Uh, My treatment required radiation and chemotherapy. So it was very intensive treatment, and it was very aggressive. Very very aggressive indeed. Are you cancer-free now? I am cancer-free. Okay. Now, I'm sure they Mm -hmm. must be still checking you out, you know, to make sure it doesn't come back, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did your journey to independence begin? I would have to say that my journey of independence really began when I was stripped of everything. When I first lost my sight, uh, one week after my 21st birthday, it was completely unexpected. No one put this in a pre-K course. No one put this in the manual of life. But when I was stripped of my car, stripped of driving, I was stripped of school work. I worked full-time. I went to school full-time. I was stripped of both of those things. I was pretty much stripped of my entire lifestyle. Uh, and everyone but my family and my husband. And 
from that day forward, I really had to bank on choices. And that's kind of going back to, we all have a choice to wake up, you know, um, I made the choice to keep waking up every morning, even though I couldn't see the sunrise. And I had the choice to show up for appointments. I had the choice to learn rehabilitative skills, independent living skills, braille, organization. I had to become an organized person. For some of us, that's very difficult. Uh, I had to learn how to use a computer blind. I didn't even know there was such thing, but there uh, there was. And um, independence is very crucial for an individual, especially if you're not able to hop in your car anymore and just go grab a donut. But I I have regained my independence and I'm back to working and back to school. You, you had to learn Braille. You had to learn how to go shopping and the home management skills. Later, you became a temporary rehabilitation technician for the services for the blind. What did you do as a part of this role? Yeah, another amazing phone call I received from Cheryl Snow, Programs Manager at Unit 90. She asked me if I would be interested in working up at the desk because originally a lady was on FMLA. And lo and behold, I did not know that working through that job temporarily, I would find out how how I could do a job. Um, And I think the best part about that job was we made a printer accessible and it could talk to us and we could use it. I never knew that a person without sight could actually send a fax, (laughs) but it was possible. And I just, I really saw the light throughout that job. And I said, Oh my gosh, I can do it. I can do it. What else do you do for the agency, Hannah? I understand you've got a few extra roles. Yeah, I guess I'm a jack of all trades. I I not only work uh, in the Department of Rehabilitation Services as an assistive technology trainer, but I can often be found on a stage with transition training, uh, telling my story. I can also be found speaking to youth at employment skills summer camps. I could also be found advocating on News Channel 5 (laughs) for people with disability awareness day. I am definitely a jack of all trades, and Jody loves to pull me for all of that. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Now, Hannah, what's in your future? We know you're married. And rehabilitation, that's your one career goal. Yes. One day, I would love to walk on that stage uh, and accept my degree for counseling and rehabilitation. I will be done next summer. So I hope to be walking that stage next summer. And then my next goal is to work for this agency. I want to serve the blind and visually impaired. I have noticed throughout my journey of cancer and blindness, I've met a lot of people that have gone through Not exactly the same thing, but close to the same thing that I've gone through. And I think we all know anyone who is on our care team that has gone through something we have, there's no better feeling. The the therapeutic relationship is instantly bonded. And I would just love to share my story throughout the practice of counseling and find people jobs 
and almost return the favor that this agency has done for me. Is there anything else you all would like to add? I could rave for a while about Hannah, but she speaks for herself. <laughs> so just second that notion, and we would love to have more counselors, counselors in training like Hannah that are committed to clients and client success. Yeah, I would just, I would really, as a client, as an employee, I would really like to give my thanks um, for this agency. I um, have opened up so many doors for me and they have taken a lot off of my parents, my husband, my family, and they have really brought my life back into full motion. And um, I have learned more about myself than I have ever imagined. And I never expected I would be here. You know, it never goes the way that we want, but I can finally be myself again and I can talk to anyone I want to. I don't have any judgment. I really truly meet and talk to people uh, for who they are. And I'm just so, so thankful for this agency and their services. You would think I would be paid to say that, but it's very true. Just genuine people, genuine services and a great mission. Everyone, thanks to you all for coming on the show today and congratulations again, Hannah. You're an inspiration yes. to all of us. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website at speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under lists of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, president of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. The First Amendment reads, The people shall not be deprived or abridged of their right to speak. The odds are, the person you just heard is an African American. Because African Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. The freedom to shout from mountaintops. The freedom to tell your mother you love her. And it's twice as likely a stroke could take your life. Therefore, it's twice as crucial for us to do something about preventing a stroke. Learn how you can help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.